Welcome back to the Plant Wisdom Podcast. In this episode, I chat with Alexa Federico. She is a nutritional therapy practitioner, author, educator, and creator. She has lived with Crohn's disease for 15 years, and that's what sparked a passion in her for holistic health and wellness. She works with clients to create diet and lifestyle changes and help them empower themselves to take charge of their health. Bodily autonomy, which we talk about in this episode, is hugely important to Alexa and is a hot topic she will always talk about. So we really dive into how she started her business, her one-on-one work with clients, nutritional therapy, and lifestyle consultations, her written work, she's written three books, and her beliefs on bodily autonomy as the most foundational right every human has. So you can find her on her website at girlinhealing.com and on Instagram, her handle at girlinhealing. I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so welcome to the Plant Wisdom Podcast, Alexa. So happy to have you here and You just got um, a facial. Is that right? Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I know I want to, you inspired me to like start doing that again. Um, I feel that I, I always try to find somewhere that has really clean products. So that kind of stops me from looking for a place. Um, But yeah, that's, that's awesome. And just right off the bat, I just want to share when I started my business in, I think it was 2018. Yeah. You were one of the first people that I connected to that, you know, kind of showed me the way to this industry, the wellness industry. And I remember seeking out like, cause I didn't know anyone. I was from like the business side, the marketing world. And we chatted on the phone and I did a um, guest blog for you and you've been so supportive and such a light so just wanted to share that that's so nice I remember that too and it's kind of crazy how much time has passed since then yeah but you have really stepped into your own path and really created your own space for yourself within the wellness industry so it's really been incredible just to see how you've grown oh I love that. Yeah, I'm so inspired by your journey. And so how did you start blogging and helping and coaching um, in the way that you do? So I started without the intention of having a business. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to start a blog for fun and to show other people how they can use their diet to improve their health um, with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. And I had been diagnosed, well, at this point I've been diagnosed for 14 years with Crohn's. So I actually started the blog about six years ago now. And it was just for fun. It was just uploading recipes. Um, I had an Instagram also that was just again, for fun and sharing what I like to eat and how I was taking care of myself and just connecting with other people who were doing similar things for their health. And it was just really nice to find these people because 
we were both focusing on this aspect of health that is really in our control and um, that is really not utilized much at all in Western medicine. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I had just reaped so many benefits from it that I absolutely had to just get the word out in any way I could. So I turned to Instagram and then I started the blog and I did that for a couple of years for fun. And then by that point I had just graduated college. And so I was ready to enter the workforce and I had a degree in elementary education that I was, had been excited to use my entire life, but it just so happened that in, during my last year of college, it was rocky for my health and student teaching was really difficult to get through. And so I kind of had to take a step back and think about what my life would be like in a year or two years if I was teaching and still wasn't in great health. And it was really just overwhelming to me. And I realized that, you know, at least right now, this is not the best profession for me to go into. And so I, you know, and I'm, I was someone who wanted to be a teacher their whole life and everybody knew it. And it was like part of me, mm-hmm. but I had to rethink what I was going to do because I had to make sure that I was putting my health first. So that first year after college, I was doing my blog for fun and I was nannying and enjoying it. And I really felt very strongly that I was going to figure out some kind of plan um, so I could work and that it would benefit my health and also be something I was interested in. And that's when I came across the Nutritional Therapy Association, again, from Instagram, connecting with other people who are focusing on a diet and lifestyle and all these other ways of natural, so-called natural health. And um, I, I signed up right away for the next course because it just was a philosophy that really aligned with how I was healing with diet and lifestyle. So from there, the rest is kind of history. I got my NTP certification and then, you know, the blog and the Instagram that I was doing for fun was really the launching pad for um, working with the people that were already there for content about food and lifestyle. They were also interested in getting support with changing their diet and lifestyle habits. So um, that was really kind of the foundation that I took off from and started my business from. Yes, I love that. I love your approach to with like the nutritional therapy and what we do have control over um, because I know you shared so vulnerable, vulnerably your journey and um, it's like using the Western medicine and then, you know, taking care of what you have control over. Um, and so is that part of the work that you do with clients, like working on um, what they're eating, like meal plans, things like that. Yeah. So up until this point, it's been mostly one-on-one work and I focus mostly around food. So I'm evaluating what they're eating currently. And we have lots of discussions about their lifestyle and their health history and, um, all these other factors that are going on their work and their stress load Mm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's focused around food with some lifestyle components. Um, and I really try to give them, you know, actionable things they can change, you know, that aren't too overwhelming. I'm really big on breaking things down and taking small steps toward health. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then recently I just started offering a lifestyle consultation that doesn't include nutritional plans specific to that person, but opens up space to talk about more in depth about what life with IBD is like and mm-hmm. getting past the grief stage and moving on to acceptance and empowerment and a lot of other um, ways that IBD will you know, kind of get in the way or that you have to learn to live with it and work around it. Um, you know, that's not taught in a doctor's office and it's really hard for people to figure out how to go on with their old life with this new um, diagnosis that they were given and often are not given a lot of direction. So that's, that's kind of how I work. It's a, it's a team effort and a partnership for sure, but it's a lot of um, education and guidance on how food can be incredibly supportive um, and then tying in the other pieces that are always there as well. I love that. So the whole emotional component exactly that isn't being addressed by Western medicine and you're someone who can help so clearly, so intimately because you've gone through it. I think that's just so beautiful. And you've written a book, right, on um, Crohn's and your nutrition plans. That was your first book, right? Yeah, my first book is The Complete Guide to Crohn's Disease and Ulcerative Colitis, A Roadmap Mm -hmm. to Long-Term Healing. And it doesn't share my personal philosophies per se, but it really is a roadmap or a guidebook. And each chapter lays out a different healing modality. So I talk about different diets and um, other supportive tools, including some Western medicine tools, um, just to give people an idea of these are some of the things that are in your reach that, you know, it's kind of like a pick your own adventure. Like you can try whatever speaks to you and see what resonates and what feels good. I love that. Yes. Yes. And you are such an inspiration for me too, on like the book journey as well, because you've also done a journal, right? Like a 90 day journal. Yes, exactly. So the journal was my second book, um, which is obviously a little bit different from the first one, but it's the 90 day self-healing journal. And I incorporated just a lot of different aspects that I really learned to love and appreciate through writing and journaling. So I focus on after affirmations and Mm -hmm. things that you're grateful for daily. Um, And there's also space to, you know, take notes about your diet and physical health um, to help make connections if you're going through any sort of challenge there. Mm -hmm. Um, So that one, yeah, I love that one too. And it's something that I use for myself and I love to look back at when I finish one, you know, a whole 90 day and kind of see the things I was focusing on when I started. Yes. Yeah. I love that there's like a time period and you can reflect and see all the changes you go through, like mentally, emotionally, physically, um, spiritually. That's really cool. Um, And your latest book is a poetry book, right? Yes. So as of um, this past year, I came out with Growing Ivy, which is all poetry and is broken down into three sections or chapters, um, overcoming, healing, and loving. And this was definitely the most um, like heart-centered, very personal, very vulnerable um, 
out of all of the books and out of really anything I've done so far in the wellness space. And I, I just was the inspiration for the book really was, um, I was actually writing out an Instagram caption once <laughs> and it's the way I wanted to express myself was not in regular conversation. Um, I just kind of was leaning for the message that I was sending. I was leaning towards being a little bit more, um, I don't know, poetic. And I really enjoyed the way I got my message across. And it, it was so funny, just like the next morning, I kind of had this light bulb moment. And I was like, that was really therapeutic for me and really effective. If I could write one, why can't I write a bunch more? And it, that just got me off and running. I just started a Google Doc that day and started writing poems. And then I realized that they were kind of dividing themselves into these chapters. There were some that were focused on the hardships and the, the down and low points that I've gone through that really have shaped who I am and, and what I'm doing today. And then I've reflected in the healing chapter of like this turning point of, okay, I have control of these things in my life. I can empower myself. I am gonna come through this and become a better person and a stronger person. And then the loving chapter is a combination of, um, you know, my journey to accept and give love to and from other people, but also love to myself. Um, because I think, you know, looking back, I can see that IBD definitely um, kind of blurred my vision and my feelings for myself and my worth mm -hmm. and things like that. So that was also a huge part of really healing is like, you know, kind of clearing through the darkness, getting through, figuring out how I can help myself. And then the loving part, it's kind of like a hierarchy of needs, I feel like was the most recent thing for me to yeah. achieve. And I, I realized like, wow, I, I haven't been loving myself and valuing myself for so many years. And then I finally was in this place that I realized that and could open myself up, you know, to other people as well. And so it's definitely, it's a combination of kind of my emotional journey with this chronic illness diagnosis and, um, you know, starting from the very beginning of like, what is going on? I don't have any answers to this. It ends being very, just higher level of, you know, getting through all of those things and now kind of reaping the benefits of getting to move past that. I absolutely love that. And one of my questions is going to be, how has creativity been a part of your healing? And that's like exactly it, like just writing those poems like helped you heal. And I think that's really powerful that you're sharing like how it impacted your view of yourself and um, your development growing up. Um, I think that's something that's really important that's not talked about a lot. And I resonate with it too. Um, not because I've had IBD, but um, when I was younger, I had leukemia, which I write about in my book. And it was like when I was three years old. Um, but I do think like that has an impact on like how you see yourself, how like you internalize messages from other people um, and you feel kind of different, things like that. Um, so I think that's so important. And like you said, the hierarchy of needs, like then once you have 
all your physical needs met, your health, um, then you can really work on the loving or even um, throughout all of that. So I think that's so important. Yeah, thank you. And I can't wait to read your book. Yes, yes. I still have to get your book too. It's on my list. Um, I'm really loving poetry too. Um, it's very, very healing. So yeah, so I am really, really excited to talk to you about um, bodily autonomy and your stance on that. Um, I love how you have shared your passion for bodily autonomy um, on Instagram throughout this last year. I just resonate so much with what you said. Um, so do you have anything you want to share like on your thoughts about that? I do. And, you know, I, this past year with so many different and crazy things happening, I've really um, kind of stood, really stood in this idea that everybody has beliefs and perspectives based on their own life experiences. And so I am certainly very passionate about bodily autonomy. And I think, you know, everyone should be and be aware of it and be aware when it's being taken from you and things like that. But I recognize that I have, you know, a very strong passion because of what I've gone through um, in the past. And in my view, bodily autonomy is the most basic foundational right that every human being deserves and is entitled to simply because they are here and alive and part of this world. And I you know, growing up, especially when I was younger and, and navigating this Western medicine world, I did not have a voice and was certainly scared to use it if I ever did use it to voice my opinions or concerns or different ideas. And that's really where all of my passion for bodily autonomy comes from. And I can just look back and think about times where I was in vulnerable places and didn't feel like I was really given um, a lot of choice or a lot of informed consent, which is part of, you know, autonomy. And with a, a lot of potential mandates being talked about or imposed, you know, this past year, it's a scary thing to think that your, your most basic right to your own self and your own decisions is at risk. And so I do feel very strongly about it and we'll continue to talk about it, but, um, you know, at a very simple level, I think it's absolutely the most important thing that we all have to hold on to. And if, if we give that up, then, you know, our most basic right is given to somebody else or an organization. And I think that is very unjust. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I know how hard it is to speak up on that and, um, just face like what people say about that. So that's why I just love your passion and your message because I completely agree that um, we all have a choice and what's right for one person isn't right for everyone. Like I'm a big believer in like a middle way. Like I don't think every approach, like even with my clients, it's like one thing isn't going to work for all of them. Like everyone's a different person. Um, so to have one kind of 
blanket mandate for someone's body just doesn't make sense to me um, at all. <laughs> and I think people, this conversation that we're having can be helpful for people that might not understand. I know a lot of people, um, I work in you know, the life sciences space and a lot of people don't understand why um, people have this idea of bodily autonomy, like, you know, we should be focusing on the greater good, things like that. Um, but I think we can't focus on the greater good without taking into consideration our own independent um, needs. And that once you take care of yourself, you're able to take care of others. So um, I think that's just really important, especially with people um, that do have IBD and other immune um, compromising um, situations that they're gonna be different um, from someone that's perfectly healthy or different things like that. But it's about like personal freedom and the choice we can make. Exactly. And something I will say, you know, if someone wasn't aware why someone might be passionate about bodily autonomy or what's the big deal. And I will say, you know, maybe this doesn't bother you if everyone has to get the same rules applied to them or the same mandate. Um, but what happens down the line when there's something that you don't agree with or you have a child who has health problems and you're really passionate about being their advocate and there's a mandate or some kind of idea or an action being taken that you don't want them to endure. So I try to give some perspective of like, this might not sound all that bad to you, but you know, if you agree to this now, think about if it was a different situation down the line and you did develop some kind of health problem or your child did. So I think when people can put themselves in that shoe, mm -hmm. they will have a little bit more understanding of like, well, yeah, I guess I would want the say to not do something that I wasn't comfortable with. Yes. Yes. I love that. Cause it's not, it's, it's thinking longer term than just this current moment um, and what that implication means for the future. Um, that's really important. And also, what, what was my thought on that? <laughs> oh, I think I lost it. Um, but no, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, so, so yeah, so then if we have this in place, then it's hard to come back from that um, standpoint. And I think we're definitely not the only ones that believe this. I think there's a lot of people um, with good reason that want to question um, a big change like that, like a mandate rule for everyone. I think that's perfectly normal. It would be um, a little strange if people weren't questioning like what you put in your body, um, what that means for long-term, um, it's still so early. I think people have the right to um, be cautious, you know? And so, um, yeah, so that's how I feel about that. And I know that you've done, um, you've been part of like a rally or a um, protest in Massachusetts, is that right? Yeah, over the summer. And it was yeah. the very first you know, rally or protest, whatever you wanna call it. 
um, that I've ever been to. And truthfully, I never pictured myself ever to attend one of those. Um, but then, you know, something happens and it's a cause you're passionate about and you're like, heck yeah, I have to be there. So <laughs> I went there. Um, it was in Boston and it was to, you know, make some noise against the um, flu mandate for students in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. which was um, eventually overturned. But I, I went there and I went alone, which I was so like kind of surprised at myself. I was just so passionate. I was like, I'm going no matter what. Yeah. Um, so I did it and it was amazing. The energy was so great. And it was such a beautiful thing to see all these people who felt the same as you when it's really easy to feel alone when you're talking about this on Instagram or you're the only one in your group of friends or family who really feel this way. So I think for everyone there, it was such an enlightening, um, enlightening day and moment and so moving to hear stories of um, parents whose children, you know, did not do well with their shots and to hear from some healthcare providers who were pro um, health freedom and bodily autonomy and just to see our community come together was such an energizing experience. Oh, yeah, I felt that. I feel like just from seeing your pictures on Instagram and like your stories about it. And I love that um, you took action based on your beliefs and it, it did overturn the rule. So that's so powerful. And yeah, I think it's, everyone is not gonna agree on the same thing in any way, I think. Mm -hmm. um, like we're human, we're not supposed to all just agree and everyone has a different perspective like you were saying based on their life experience. So just being okay with that and then connecting with like-minded people um, as well as people that don't believe the same thing, I think that's really healthy. Um, but being in a space like that where people do have these similar experiences and beliefs, I think that's very powerful and gathering to do that. And I know as long as we continue to do that, um, that we have so much more power than we think. Um, so we influence change in our actions, in what we say and what we share with people, even this conversation. So um, I think that's the most important part. It's not to think, oh, like this is the way that like things are happening. Like we have direct influence over them. Absolutely. And to anyone maybe listening who feels very scared or just unsure of putting their thoughts out there in the world or having conversations with people, um, it doesn't have to be, you know, you're, you're speaking and, you know, trying to force people to change their opinion. Just, mm -hmm. just sharing, you know, why you believe something or why something's important to you can be enough to plant the seed in someone's mind to simply investigate this other way of thinking and to consider another way to approach a problem or just, you know, consider other people, how they are thinking about it and feeling about it. And so I, I know I've learned so much from other people sharing things and, you know, I didn't, you can't take everything at face value. Like you need to, you know, research things and then see how they feel for you. So I think any type of action, whether you're 
going to rallies or speaking on social media about it or just having conversations with people in your life, it all makes a difference. I think it really does influence that change that you're talking about. Um, even, even if it just challenges people to consider another opinion and perspective and not necessarily just change their opinion in that moment, but just to open up that part of their minds that could consider someone else's view. Absolutely. I love that. It's not about um, trying to convince anyone. I feel like when you come from that place, it's like you're lecturing and no one learns that way effectively. Just sharing, here's what I believe in, does plant that seed. And, and yeah, and like they'll just be able to see another perspective. And I think people are searching for that. Um, it's the same as politics, I feel. It's very similar. Like people don't understand how others can view something so differently than them. Um, so when you share why, it kind of gives them more of um, an understanding, which they are ultimately searching for. They just don't know it. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I think that's really important for anyone. And that's why I'm really excited that we're having this conversation and sharing that with people um, as well. And, and continuing to share that, I just think it's so empowering to be like, I have a choice, I have agency um, over what I do in my life and what I put in my body. Um, and that's ultimately just on another level, very empowering um, in your confidence and, um, and just knowing that you matter and your voice makes a difference, um, even if you don't think it does, um, is so important. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. So I love that. And I would love to share with my listener, where can we find you? I know um, you are writing for Hellfine. Is that right? Yeah, I do um, write usually a handful of articles a year. Mm -hmm. So um, I share those on Instagram and um, to my email list. But when those come out, I do share them out um, and my recent one was my favorite gut health foods um, as a nutritionist and someone with IBD. And so that one has been really popular so far and I'm really excited about it because I did a lot of research into the right foods to talk about. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to read that. And I think gut health is so important for immune health and overall health, mood health, even if you don't have um, IBD. So I love that. And using a natural approach is so important. So on your blog, you have lots of delicious recipes um, that are healthy that people can try. Um, and what is your website again? My website is girlandhealing.com. And that's also the handle for my Instagram. That's right. That's right. And then we can find your books on Amazon. And um, what's the best way people can reach out to you if they are thinking of working with you one-on-one -on -one, um, with the lifestyle option or with their um, meal and food support? So the two best ways are either sending me a message on Instagram mm -hmm. Um, or just emailing me, which my email is alexa at girlandhealing.com. So it's pretty easy, but either those ways, um, you'll definitely be able to get in touch with me. 
Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on the podcast. I'm so grateful we're connected and supporting each other and continuing to do that. Um, you're just such an inspiring person on all levels for me. So thank you again. And thank you. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity and just to be connected to you because we have such, um, such different but similar passions <laughs> and I just love being able to talk about them. So thank you. Exactly. Okay. Well.